Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Our theme for today is Karma, Part 2. And... I like this thought. Uh, There's a thought that comes from Christmas Humphreys, his book, uh, Karma and Rebirth. But I think this thought will give you some insight as to karma and what it's about. Karma is the expression of the law of equilibrium, and nature is always working to restore that equilibrium whenever, through man's acts, it is disturbed. Karma creates nothing nor does it design. It is man who plans and creates causes, and karmic law adjusts the effects. Karma neither rewards nor punishes. It only restores lost harmony. We were speaking uh, last time uh, about uh, group karma, karma, and I, I think, uh, Sarah, Dell, it's, uh, it's really important to do a recap uh, on group on uh, karma, and we left off at that point where we were dis- discussing group karma, and I felt you had more to say. Uh, could you f- comment further on that? Well, it's based on the the fact that spiritually our lives are not lived in a vacuum. We are part of uh, something much greater. We're part of a, a, a whole that is beyond our our comprehension, but I think mm-hmm. many of us increasingly sense that we belong to a greater life, and that means that we are swept up in karmic patterns that are uh, much greater than our own personal responsibility, but they kind of carry us along. To put it on a a scale that might be easy for people to envision, we can think of our group, our family. Families have karma that bring back um, members of the family repeatedly, lifetime after lifetime, into relationship with each other for the purpose, as the opening quote said, of the rediscovering or restoring of equilibrium and balance. How wonderful it would be if we thought of our group relationships in terms of the uh, search for a perfect equilibrium or balance. It might give us a new insight into why we have... uh, connections with various people. Right, and uh, you can continue that uh, theme of group uh, 
karma also on the nation, the level of the nation, because every nation um, is made up of people, and people have karma, and then so the nation itself uh, incurs certain karma, and um, based on the judgment made by the leaders of this nation and the the people who elect this uh, leader, if they do. And so I, I'm thinking of uh, um, one incident in the, uh, in the past history of the United States, and uh, uh, which is not a pleasant uh, bit of karma to talk about, but uh, that has to do with slavery. At one time in the early in the early history of the United States, slavery was an accepted practice, and. Uh, that was a a terrible uh, a, a terrible sin of of separateness, really, because we held one group of people separate from another, and uh, they were looked upon as inferior, and uh, they were treated very badly. And this went on for um, a, a couple of hundred years, and now here in the uh, in the twentieth century, we begin to twenty first. <laughs> Sorry, maybe, well, some of them in the 20th century. But uh, yes, in the 21st century, um, they begin to adjust this imbalance. And through the civil rights movement, and uh, we went through a very painful process there, which is what happens with the working out of karma. But it's a painful process of bringing back into balance a very in um, an unjust uh, period. And we can look at it in other nations in the world. For example, what's happening in uh, the former Yugoslavia is undoubtedly extremely karmic in its implications. And I think the people sense it, but perhaps not with uh, a very complete comprehension, but they know that historically wrongs go back four or five hundred years or more that they still remember and want redress for. But so far it seems they're swept up in a, an endless cycle of uh, payback. And mm. the same is seems to be true in the Middle East. And we talked uh, last time about the fact that payback never really puts an end to karma. Uh, if you're looking for the restoration of harmony, and equilibrium, you don't achieve that by returning wrong action with more wrong action. Yeah, that was all based on the law of the um, eye for an eye and tooth mm -hmm. for a tooth uh, kind is, of law, which... It's a very crude misunderstanding yeah. of karma, I think. <clears throat> right. It might work for a while, but mm -hmm. it does have its penalties, mm -hmm. right? But all th throughout the world, you can see this group karma unfolding in in um, international relationships, and uh, it's it's something that I think could be taught on a um, on the level of public opinion with very beneficial results if people could begin to understand that they have a part in whatever. Um, situation they and their group are involved in, that there are ancient responsibilities that need to be brought to light, and that everyone has a part to play in the correcting of the situation and the putting right of it, and not just pointing the finger at the other party and saying, you have to change. 
then I think something creative is brought in and a kind of a unity can emerge that might reveal a new approach that currently isn't uh, recognized. Usually the, the correction of these wrongs comes through uh, a new previously untried path rather than going down the same old road again and again uh, in a cycle of endless retribution. Mm-hmm. But back, to, back to group karma. I just want to make sure I understand this correctly. Uh, I could go through several lifetimes uh, leading the life of a saint or a Mother Teresa only to in some lifetime where perhaps I'm entitled to a good karma or have earned a good karma. I get swept up in the nations or the groups bad karma. Is that correct? Am I, do, did I catch that right? Yes, I, I would say so. That yeah. uh, it's um, There are layers and layers yeah. of uh, karmic uh, implication to this. There's your personal karma which as a saint would be very good, mm-hmm. and then there's the karma of the group to which you belong, which might be more mixed. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you think there'd be um, n- nuances? Sure, yeah, as, you're, as you mentioned earlier, your family group to which you incarnate in, and that's a, a choice of the soul. And uh, the um, national group and the ethnic group, mm-hmm. all of these different groups have... Uh, certain um, limitations, they have certain you know, karmic um, obligations that have to be brought into balance. And uh, So whatever you're, you're born into, yes, you're, you're part of it. And speaking, speaking of rebirth, since we're on that topic, what, are, what is the relationship between karma and rebirth? I think they go together. I don't think you can understand the one without the other concept. They're both Eastern concepts. Um, rebirth is something that's not recognized in uh, Orthodox Christianity or I believe in Judaism or in Islam but the esoteric traditions and the Eastern religions of Buddhism and Hinduism uh, do uh, teach the law of rebirth which is that the soul comes back into physical form repeatedly again and again and again for the purposes of its own evolution and for service. Mm -hmm. And karma is the cumulative effects of the actions of repeated lifetimes because, as we said, karma means literally action and consequence. It's uh, the law of cause and effect. So it's not, once again, it's, I think we addressed this before, but just to uh, make certain that I understand it correctly, it's not necessarily punishment then. No. You know, it's not punishment, no. I did this in a prior lifetime, or I did no. a negative, I, I heard a neighbor early, in an early stage mm-hmm. of my development, and um, I'm going to be punished by karma mm-hmm. later. That's mm-hmm. not the way it is then. Well, no, I don't personally believe that. Um, there's something in me that really rebels against that idea or that definition because if we believe in a um, divine power that is at the uh, hub of all things and overseeing all evolution, I cannot believe that that divine creative source would wish any punishment upon anyone or anything. It mm-hmm. simply wouldn't tie in with the, the goodness of of God and of the world and I do believe the world is a good place and that all things happen for the best and so karma is not punishment it's it's correction we're all in the process of correcting something yes and I, I think in related to rebirth and if, if we incur and harm 
create some kind of harm to a person in one lifetime. And uh, I, I think that correction can extend over to another lifetime with that same soul in, in another existence. And it can be carried on like that. And if we don't make these corrections and create these balances that are deemed right by nature, then we keep repeating these same problems, these same uh, incorrect actions over and over again. And it could happen lifetime after lifetime, I believe, also. We carry into the next life those problems that have not been addressed in this life. And uh, if, if that involves another person or another group of people, then we are karmically linked with them, and uh, mm -hmm. we have to come back and make that adjustment. There's a saying, maybe some of our listeners have heard it, that character is destiny. And to me, that links reincarnation, rebirth with karma. Character is destiny. Our essential, fundamental um, composition as a human being determines what unfolds in our lifetime. And that puts the, the creative power right back on the individual, maybe not on the personality, which would choose only happiness and personal fulfillment, but on the soul, which knows in a very fine degree exactly what needs to be restored, what needs to be redressed, put right. I think to the soul, that's pure joy. So rather than thinking of punishment, you might think that the, the situation you're in now is your soul's um, attempt to redress and, and rebalance something that had gone out of balance. To me, that definition is much more uh, stimulating and inspiring, and there's a kind of an acceptance that wells up within uh, one that isn't passive. It isn't a passivity because we have to take control of our lives and uh, be the determiners of our destiny, but there's an acceptance of how to work with the circumstances we find ourselves in and to see something positive and constructive in them. Yeah, and souls make the choice. Souls have the choice of uh, which family mm -hmm. to uh, incarnate into, and quite often that is there is a karmic tie there, and... Um, they come in for very specific purposes, maybe to work out uh, some imbalance that was created or to, uh, it may not have to do with that particular soul, but it has to do with the parents of that soul. And because there is some karmic imbalance there having to do with the parents. And um, so that's, that's another um, example of, I think, mm -hmm. of how karma and rebirth uh, kind of work out together. There's, um, there's a saying from the Talmud, the Jewish Talmud, that I think is interesting. It teaches that um, before an unborn soul, its fate is shown to it before it comes into birth. It sees the fate which awaits it. Uh, and the only thing that um, cannot be determined by that soul uh, in terms of its future life is whether the person will be good or bad. 
that's up to the individual. Mm-hmm. That's always under our free will. That's always within our our determination, whether we will be good or bad in our character. Uh, regardless of what fate lies ahead of us, we have that within our control. Well, for those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today is karma, part two. And if you'd like to order books that explore the um, the theme of karma a little further, of course, uh, with karma, karma is uh, a subject that Alice Bailey uh, has written about in just nearly every one of the 24 volumes of books. But if you want to take a quick look at it, get a little bit more insight into what karma is all about, there are two books in particular. Ponder on this. You might want to take a look at that. And another book by Alice Bailey is Serving Humanity. So once again, the two books that you can order in order to explore this topic a little further on your own is Ponder on This and Serving Humanity. And to order those books, uh, you're welcome to call us on our toll-free number, uh, 1-866-695-8247. Once again, it's 1-866-695-8247. An easy way to remember it is 1-866, think of New York Lucis, 1-866-NY-LUCIS, L-U-C-I-S. Our website, www.nyLUCIS.com. Lucistrust.org. Our email, New York at Lucistrust.org. And uh, to order our books, cassette tapes uh, of the radio shows, cassette tapes of some of our books, uh, or if you'd like to uh, order a free booklet containing the Great Invocation uh, or a schedule of our meditation meetings, or for more uh, information on our organization, you can certainly order a general package of information that tells us uh, tells you who we are, and you'll discover that we're not a religion. We strongly encourage you to hold on to your religion because that makes us richer when you share your beliefs with us. But in general, we're an organization who that we explore life together. We have meetings, and we talk about the writings of Alice Bailey, the meaning of life, and where we've been and where we're going uh, where all of humanity is heading uh, for and how we can improve upon our condition on this earth. But once again, give us a call if you want to order our books uh, at one eight six six ny lucis L-U-C-I-S. And remember also that the work of the Lucis Trust, including this program, is funded entirely by voluntary donations, so we welcome your donations as a means of keeping us on the air. You know, people very often uh, speak about a, a karmic uh, tie. What do, what do they mean by karmic ties? I think to some extent you've touched upon that already, mm. but uh, more in depth, what do they mean by karmic ties? Well, I think they are trying to define or describe a link that they feel they have, a very deep spiritual link with another person. Probably we are not as accurate as we should be in recognizing the people, the souls, who are really our karmic ties. But uh, the people with whom we have a very deep um, relationship, not necessarily a happy one, but one which is deep and instructive, you could Mm. say, one which teaches us a great deal. Even though it's negative. Yes. Sometimes we learn a great deal from relationships that are very painful. Those might be karmic ties. And then there's the karma of love, because love never ends. From lifetime to lifetime it continues. Why would love end just because someone dies? That carries over, and those are karmic ties that bring us back into relationship with people that we've loved 
deeply in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the, um, the there's because there is the idea of the soulmate, but I um, no, I'm, that's certainly I'm, mi- uh, abused and misused. Yeah, today. I'm I'm not sure that there was always really a karmic tie there uh-huh. in soulmates, but uh, that's more wishful thinking, perhaps. Yeah. But there is a real karmic tie in certain uh, people that we work with, for example. Uh, you're born into a certain family, and you might think, you, you, and perhaps you do have a karmic tie with its family members, uh, the parents and the siblings. But um, also, I think we have to look a little beyond that because... Uh, so oftentimes the people we end up with in life and the people we uh, uh, feel such a great affinity to, perhaps in our work life and or in some kind of uh, service activity, particularly service, I think, because that's where so many uh, uh, common types of um, service come together and they have this relationship uh, in this particular service. And... I'm uh, just speaking from personal experience. I, I think I, I feel a kind of a karmic tie with the uh, with uh, the people I work with and mm. that sort of thing. But um, this was not what my path set out. What my my souls maybe what I set out to do in the, in the beginning of my life had nothing to do with uh, what I'm doing now. So. It, it's kind of, um, I feel more at, at home and at ease and at balance. It gets back to this idea of balance and harmony. And if you feel at balance and harmony with a certain group of people that you work with, then maybe there is that, a certain karmic tie there. You know, there's, you know Sarah, you brought to mind a, a thought that I got from uh, this, an ancient Chinese uh, proverb. I don't know if it came from Confucius, but tell me if it relates to karma. You uh, reminded me of that. There are no enemies out there in the world, only great teachers. Would mm. a phrase like that, would that relate to what you were saying about karma? Uh, absolutely, yes. Um, everyone can teach us something, and sometimes the people who seem to be opposed in their approach to life, opposed to our approach, have the most to teach us. Because if we view life as energy and force uh, in action, in movement, the people whose energy and force sets up a resistance to ours can sometimes be great teachers. Mm -hmm. We mislabel them by calling them enemies. They aren't necessarily so at all. They are sometimes our greatest teachers. That's interesting. Can one eradicate? I mean, a lot of times we're not happy with our lot Mm. in life and we wish it were different and... Can, and we attribute it to karma sometimes. Can one eradicate the karma of another person? That's um, a question that I really don't know how to answer. I can make a stab at it, but another person might answer it differently. The, the, the paradox or the confusing point lies in the fact that we are personally responsible as souls for the direction of our life, and nobody else can rightfully assume control over our lives. But on the other hand, there are great individuals, great beings throughout human history who I think probably have taken on karma for, um, if not for humanity, for a large group. For example, Abraham Lincoln, you might say, bore the national karma <coughs> of, uh, of the American people during the Civil War period. 
and he suffered personally, I think, a great deal um, from depression, a very deep, profound uh, depression. His family suffered. It was um, a real burden that he bore, and he seemed to bear it on behalf of the national soul. Another example might be the Dalai Lama, who has this enormous responsibility for the Tibetan people. And perhaps another example would be someone like Martin Luther King, who came in to serve not only his his own uh, interests, but the interests of uh, all the American uh, African-American people and contributed so much to them. Yes, uh, there are examples like that. Uh, but um, also, I don't know that one can eradicate... There are those large examples of you can eradicate another person's uh, karma, but I think what also is more important is perhaps, um, and I don't mean to uh, say that uh, those examples you gave were not important. Of course they are, but uh, what it's it's showing another person how they can eradicate their own karma mm -hmm. I think is also uh, a consideration in that question so. it's um, yeah giving them an example that they can build <coughs> upon yeah, yeah right so can um, if it is a law and I, I think it is a law I believe in karma it feels right to me um, and of course there are so many invisible laws that are not laws that we can see touch and feel like the law of gravity but if karma is a law, what place does mercy play? That's another one of those questions that I don't know the answer to. But just approaching it from my intuition, it seems to me that there is a place for mercy. I don't believe that the universe is constructed in such a way that we have to pay, in the sense, for every transgression we've ever made in the past. If we can effect a, a transformation of our lives. I believe in the power of people to transform themselves and to put an end to the past. Otherwise, I think if we see life as, a, as a, in terms of an endless cycle of payback, it just makes no sense. It seems very static to me. Maybe someone else would see this differently. But I think there is mercy. It's probably the mercy of, of the soul's power to transform the consciousness through love, through forgiveness. These are acts of mercy that then can undo karma. And I think, too, uh, a lot of times we think that because uh, so much of karma, well, it can be both positive and negative karma, but... In general, like I said, the only karma that we really want to bring to an end is uh, is negative karma. But mm -hmm. how can can we and how do we bring karma to an end? Well, one thought that occurs to me is through the power of love. Love uh, can dissolve in its beneficence uh, great evil. And this is not just a Christian concept, although certainly Christ taught it, but many great spiritual figures have taught it. The Buddha taught the power of love. It said that his love was so immeasurable that it could not be exhausted by mm -hmm. any hate or hostility, and that on the contrary, a hostile act would just bring to to light further love. And he taught his, his disciples, however people speak concerning you, whether appropriately or inappropriately, courteously or rudely, wisely or foolishly, 
you must train yourselves to respond with kindness and love. And so we can all take that message and apply it in our in our approach to life. This show is funded by the generous donations of our listeners, and we need and we welcome your support. And in closing, we invite you to ponder on this thought. Goodwill is the touchstone that will transform the world. Goodwill is love in action. It is the energy that draws us together in right relationship. There is a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z.